Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Season 2, Episode 9 of the Talk Blindly Podcast. It has been a little bit. It's been a little while. It's, uh, we've been working hard and life has been hitting us, so we've been chugging through it. How have y'all been since the new year? Oh, oh do- we've done so many things. Gone to Asheville, gone to Atlanta, or not Atlanta, Savannah. Do you even remember where we go? No. In? Really don't. We uh, coined this last trip as the trip of going to the restroom because Go on. <laughs> Aaron, for the life of me, no matter what place we were went to, had to use the restroom. Restaurant, restroom. On the beach, restroom. In the house, restroom. Aaron knows intimately every bathroom in Tybee Island now. Aaron, you'd love the White House. Because restrooms, just as far as the eye can see. I mean, in the White House? Why are you guys so familiar with that? There is like a 90% chance that the president has been there. Historical. Well, well, that's just, yeah, that's mind-blowing. Like, that makes me want to, like, trace the president's timeline back to wherever they have lived and follow their lives. Like, just pissing wherever they could have pissed. Why not? It's very likely. Travel the world to pee where the presidents have peed. (laughs) That's where I want my ashes spread. Wherever the presidents be. Don't start with Andrew Jackson. <laughs> oh, oh. The White House hasn't been renovated in decades. So yes, you very literally could chart a course through there and see the past six, seven presidents. Yeah, no wow. doubt. Well, I know that I've done literally nothing today. And I'm very proud of it. So I've been very busy the last couple of days at work. Uh, it's been... Late night after late night at work, so I've been working real hard. Um, Monday. I've been trying to. Earning that money to get different mics. Ah, as you might have seen, yes, we are using our new mic setup um, that I have dipped into the old coin purse so we can go ahead and roll those out. But if you want to contribute to the help Stephen get paid back for these expensive <laughs> microphones fund. A worthy cause. You can write that off on your taxes this year. Yeah. You can. In fact, just go to patreon.com slash talkblindly and you can be one of our amazing, glorious donators that help us get shiny things like new microphones. Hopefully we won't mess it up. This is the first week we're using them, so we're still kind of getting used to the multiple mics. Well, what could possibly go wrong? You're fired. so hopefully we're sounding awesome in stereo surround sound dolby whatever and uh so let us know if it's good or bad or ugly or whatever and uh send us an email at talkblindly at gmail.com if you want to get involved in the conversation if you want to tell us how good or bad our mics are or if you just want to tell me to stop bumming around for donations that's fine too just drop us a line we'll uh, bring it up on air um Last thing, I think, is uh, iTunes. Uh, the best way you could support us, besides sharing the live video on Facebook, which, by the way, we are live now, is giving us a rating on iTunes. Uh, tell us, Hopefully it's a five-star rating, and that's great. If not, tell us why we suck, and we'll hilariously read them out loud on the air. So that's all my nonsense announcements for the day. Uh, everyone say hi to Ida. Hi, Ida. Hi, Ida. Ida. My dude, and or chick. Who's Ida? Uh, Alicia's mom. Oh, Alicia's mom. Hi, Alicia's mom. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think you met her. Uh, well, well, I mean, we I, I know Alicia, so I feel like I know you like family. <laughs> she basically Hi, is. Yeah, she basically <laughs> is. She, okay, great. So, um, today, because I've been working so hard recently, and my, my life's very difficult, as you can tell, um, I want to talk about work as kind of one of the subjects for today. 
Because um, as I thought about it, and I, as I've been struggling through my oh-so-hard life at work recently, I was thinking um, that there's a lot of opportunities that are either missed or not missed um, as, as to how your relationship with Jesus uh, or your, just your religious views should or should not relate to how you go through your work life. I've seen, I see people, um, you know, for instance, for, for many years I was a trainer at this old job that we used to have, Zuma. Um, and I would train all these kids cause we had hired at the age of 16 and at the age of 16, it's like your first job kind of time. And these kids will come out with all these different mentalities on, on their job and they would express like who they were in their work in different ways. It's like, you've got the person that's like a stickler for stuff and their room is always clean at their house. So they're going to be a good worker at work. And so that's kind of the personality they show at work. So that's who you know them as, is they're the stickler guy. I really right? wish that job interviews could be conducted in that way. You have your meeting one-on-one. All right. And now, let's go to your house. I'd like to see where you live. <laughs> I'd like to see how clean you keep the floor. Road trip. Where, where, where are your statements? I need to look at your bank account. Are you smart with money? Where are your cats? Are they well-fed? Like, that would be a great way to determine if someone is ready for a responsibility. I've actually been asked in an interview how my room looked before. There you I, go. And I immediately thought, what a genius question to ask in an interview. I immediately lied. <laughs> <laughs> but, but in my head, I was like, great Jesus question. would not be happy about that. So. No, I didn't get the job. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Lying's okay as long as it doesn't pay off. Hey, a little blue lie. Every married or committed relationship engaged person can tell you that little white lies from here and there might be a good thing. Or if you have kids. Santa Claus. Easter Bunny. Those aren't white lies. Those we are white. They're not true. Before. Those are elaborate black lies. <laughs> <laughs> they're not white. <laughs> they're hoaxes. They are the first taste that someone has with the world is flat, lizard men rule the earth, the Illuminati shall rise again. Santa Claus isn't real. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry for even suggesting Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny, guys. I apologize. So let's, I guess, get back on the appropriate topic of work. Yeah, so, okay, fine. Um, Santa's got good work ethic. So let me ask you this question, though. How do you, or do you not, (laughs) or should you express your, your faith in your workplace life? Well, um, as the only non-true Christian here, um, I guess a way that I celebrate my non-conformity is I'm usually the one, um, say for the last two or three jobs that I've had, I've always been the one to work Sundays. I've always said, hey, I'm available on Sundays, I don't go to church, so... And people would take advantage of that. So more than likely, I was working Sundays. When I was a bartender um, at the now completely defunct Waukeng, um, <laughs> I actually became the bartender on Sundays because no one else wanted to work Sundays because they didn't think they got good enough tips. But if you worked all damn day and had the same section and you're the bartender, you made decent money. It so, adds up. Yeah. Yeah. Going um, back, Miss Ferrar would like to know who cleans your room, you or your mom. Talking to me? No, no, no. It's 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 a first. It's a f- perfect first job question. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, that actually <laughs> yeah. is a perfect first yeah, job question. Yeah, abs- absolutely agreed. Uh, know, I've actually trained somebody. I'm not kidding you. I trained somebody one time. And I told her to sweep something. She looked at me blankly. I said, 
You know, the broom. I handed her a broom. She did not know what I was handing her. She Please literally, tell me she took it upside down immediately and just started scraping the wood she just against didn't the know, floor. She didn't know what to do with it. She had never seen a broom before. She did not know it by name. I handed it to her. Help from Jesus. This is where children are these days. I blame well, the parents. Well, I had... <laughs> well, it's very easy for you to do, Stephen. Yes, it is. I had a situation like that where instead of it being maybe five to ten years of a gap, it was like two-year gap. And... I had to do a Saturday detention at Farragut High School one time, and we were sweeping up. It was one of the last things we had to do, and there was a kid there, and I'm like, here, you take this broom and go over here and sweep over there. What do I do? It's the simplest damn job that you can do. And like... And then, so, he's like, oh, okay, so, he, and he grabs a push broom, and then starts going like this with it. I'm like, oh, gosh. Is that one of those times where you, like, you pretend like you don't know what you're doing, so someone will just be like, oh, stop, I'll take care of it? I feel like that's happening. Maybe. I, I, he could have been pulling a fast one on me. So people do with mopping all the time. I don't know what it is about mopping. People don't understand the purpose of mopping. They think it's just literally pour water on the floor is what you're doing. <laughs> like... I don't know. I've no, but that's that's kind of what I've noticed as I go through work, I guess, just to get us back on track, is what what I've noticed is people get frustrated. Like, in moments like that, when you see that happening, you just want to stare at that person like they are an abomination to this planet, because in my brain I'm thinking that. Um, but then, then your faith or lack thereof faith or, or what people how people judge you kind of comes out in your work life. And so, like, as people that believe or don't believe or whatever... How should our should our faith play into our, our jobs? Because a lot of people say there should be a separation there. Shouldn't bring faith into work, etc. Um, how you're living how your, should we do that? If you're living your faith life, if you're living your relationship, as I think we should all be doing, I think it's impossible to not bring that to work. But I think in a passive way. In an active way, but not in a preaching way. If you're living your relationship, you go into work and you have... Uh, a good work ethic, you have pride in what you're doing, even if it's not important, you know that it's important that it's done well. It's important that you treat the others around you, whether they're customers or fellow employees, with kindness and with dignity. And I think it's like with a lot of things in life, if you're living a godly life, that radiates in how you address every part of your life. So I don't think it should be a separate thing. Do I want to go into J.C. Penney's and have a Mormon try and sell me the good word? I'm like, no, it's not the right time for that. Or be working at J.C. Penney's and have someone try to sell you the good word. Yeah. That happened to me <laughs> more than once. <laughs> I bet. Oh, I mean, isn't that like the bane of a server's existence? Are those little pamphlet things that people leave you with the tip? Oh, like the ones that look like a dollar or look like, like a $20 bill and it's actually like... This this is disappointed. The... Your soul is saved. Yeah, <laughs> like I've made a donation into the the Church of uh, Christ for you, and here's your uh, here's your tip. Your soul is saved. Now, I, I pose a question to the three of you. Um, as someone who would work Sundays, I'm lucky that it never actually happened to me, um, but it did happen to someone I worked with. Uh, who did not get tipped as a server because she was working on Sunday. That's I've, the most ignorant thing I've ever heard in my life. It's, like, it's God's thing you should be working. You, 
Why are you going out to eat? No, that's the sad thing. Working on uh, Sundays at a food restaurant, it's a really sad state of affairs when you don't want to work on Sunday because the people who come in after church to your restaurant are not nice. And I always feel... There's, there's something so immediately, intensely hypocritical about the whole thing. When you get a person who is just in church, trying to be a good person, trying to live your life, and then go to a place and say, no, you, working your minimum wage job, whose backstory I don't know as to why you are here. No, you don't deserve <coughs> my pity, my sympathy. And I can't help but think there must be something deeply... Is church really that stressful that you can't have a good attitude when you go out to your restaurant? I don't know. Sometimes church is really stressful. (laughs) Preach! That being said, uh, Ms. Farrar says I've hit the nail on the head. That's one point for me. I just want you all to know it's a competition now, and I am winning. Well, Well, in that case. uh, I like how like we go to uh, a church very close nearby. um, uh, Sacred Heart, just right here off the North Shore. It's a very beautiful church. Um, the uh, the people that we've met, I mean, the people we've known, people who go there as well, um, are very nice. But what I don't understand is, even though the parking lot is way too small for, and they're going to expand it whenever they finish the renovations, everything like that. But people will park, double park in a street that's barely two way. Will double park just so they have to walk five feet less. Like hmm. there's like open spots. Within viewing distance, and they're like, nope, we're going to park here. Now, I understand sometimes small kids or older, you know, older folks and stuff like that. I can understand that. But it's like a family of four and the kids are, you know, above eight. It's like... Something about being late to church really makes you throw common courtesy out the window. (laughs) I don't know what it is. (laughs) Run red lights. Slam on the brakes. You've got to get to church because Jesus will know if you're not there on time. Oh, the, John, I think there's, there's this guy that does Facebook videos all the time, and he's like a, a Christian comedian kind of guy, but like he does these videos, and uh, his name is John Christ, um, and because he's so, so close to Christ that it always throws me off, but his name is John Christ, <laughs> and he he does this one where it's like people's attitude in the parking lot at church, and he's basically nailing exactly what you're saying, that it's like, he's just driving back and forth, it's like, I, I it's like, like, I'm not going to this service if I can't find, if, if I have to park in the back. I'm not parking at all. Yeah. Like, it's just stuff like that. And it's so true, though. Like, I don't understand what happens to people, but it's crazy. And, like, and it, like what Liz was saying is it grows beyond being, uh, it going to church. It's like, when you leave church, uh, people are less friendly, less um, understanding and patient than they are almost any other day of the week. Because they're like, oh, I've, I've gotten through church now and now i can be selfish again i've been absolved for all my sins so i, I think can it's be because again. it's once a week honestly i'm i can't believe i'm about to advocate this on here but if you went to church every day it would stop becoming a stigma of all right getting your sunday best we're going off to sunday mass and then after that that we have just have to spend that one hour talking to god and then we don't have to for the rest of the week and if you had to do that every day it was just part of your morning routine you get up you go to church and then you start your day I think a lot of that would just die down, right. honestly. Uh, John, 
Uh, people are really concerned that you look uncomfortable, so I would like oh. to ask you, one, are you comfortable? Two, what's your Sunday sin? What's we gave him the crappiest this? chair in this entire room. First of all, I yeah, I have this awful <laughs> chair. I don't know what I've done. No, now I'm just so conscious. <laughs> um, your penance. <laughs> um, no, I, I just had something different I was going to say. I don't, um, I mean, every job I've worked, I've had to be there on a Sunday. Um, I guess... Your question is, um, like, in following Christianity, one of the commandments is keeping Sunday, the Sabbath day, holy. We should just take that time not to work. But is that something that we really still uphold at all? Interestingly enough, the Sabbath is not Sunday. Completely wrong, incorrect, and just based off of later New Testament stuff. The original Sabbath... Is Saturday because um, it's Jewish origins. That, that was an Old Testament thing, so that's Jewish. It was moved to Sunday because guess when Christ was resurrected? Easter Sunday, right? That's a tradition that was came up later. There's no law or rules or regulations like in the Old Testament to support that. That's just we moved it because we love Jesus and Jesus came back on Sunday, so why not? You know. Okay. But that kind of tells us something about the Sabbath that people have taken way too far. It's like the idea of the Sabbath great keep it holy right well how technical do we want to be because in the bible we're already breaking that rule if 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 it has to be that particular day of the week we've already messed it up and every single person that goes to church on sunday is messing it up but i think you could do the chick-fil-a route you could do chick-fil-a has managed to never be open on a sunday except in evidence of natural disasters or great conflict where they need to provide food right, and shelter right. to somebody who needs it. So well, I guess what I'm saying, though, is if it has that much to do with the day Sunday, then the Bible itself is flawed and wrong because it switched to Sunday halfway into the book. And so it should have been Saturday this whole time. We started messing it up. And now it's a, a rule and not an exception that it has to be Sunday. Now, do I think the Sabbath... The idea of the Sabbath is wrong. No. I think the idea of the Sabbath has to be Sunday, and so you can't work on Sunday. That is wrong and flawed. I think the idea that that we're trying to learn from the Bible is to have a Sabbath day, to have a day set aside for God, right? To have a a day that you keep holy, and that is for God, and that is for godly reasons, not just to not work or to chill or whatever that's devoted to God, fasting, prayer, whatever. Um, But who says it has to be Sunday? There's never anything about it being Sunday in the Bible. Well, there was something about it there being a day, but yeah, I I um I don't even remember how long ago it was, but we went to I remember we went to church with your parents one day, and uh, they were talking about how Sundays are usually like the day that like what we're talking about happens. How people um are less you know, patient and parking and, you know, are meaner to servers and, you know, retail people and stuff like that because they think that they've gotten through the one part on their Sunday and they can go back to what they are. But the, the p- whole point of the sermon was, was to keep Christ throughout the whole week, not just Sunday. It shouldn't just be Sunday that you're like, Jesus, forgive me. I am a sinner and blah, 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 blah. It's every damn day. And then like, I was like, that makes a lot more sense. That's why I feel like the inclusion of a weekly thing is so important because it is, you know, if you're supposed to be keeping this whole day, no one is. Even if it was a Saturday, if it was a Friday, if it was a Tuesday. Um, 
the still the connotation would be this is the one day. We're not even good at doing the one day. And I think, you know, just expanding the whole thing entirely. If you're going to keep it, you should keep it every day. And if you are forced to keep it every day, it suddenly becomes rhythm as opposed to, well, let's make it once this weekend and there are 17 different masses to pick from. Just pick one. We don't have to be nice the rest of the time. Just the one hour that we're there and then we get to mosey on out. So then, um, the... Because I know how you already treat it. Does that mean now that you have to dress up every single Sunday? Because they say church nice or Sunday best and stuff like that. Dude, you are one that advocates dressing very nice dude, for church, right? I always I, dress nice. Right, okay. First of all. I, I, I don't mean that in any connotation, <laughs> connotative ways because I, I just want to make sure for the view. I am ready like... for Jesus. So let's, <laughs> let's just... Put that on Dude, the side he, burner. He, he doesn't shop on those clearance racks, dogs. Jesus oh. is all about Jesus. brand name Jesus stuff. Jesus didn't shop clearance. Gucci. <laughs> no. Did you sense um, the sarcasm? When when I go to weekday masses with my sister, who is a better Catholic than I will ever be, she has. Um, I once just dressed normal. By normal, I mean like I've never seen someone come to church that I've been like, no. The only time I say no is if a girl has a dress that's just way too short or a dude is wearing a tank top. I'm like, okay, let's sure. have a little class to these proceedings. But it's really just so people that, who are yeah. who have to go to work after this, who have to go pick up kids, who have to get to the gym. So they're like, this is now part of my schedule, part of my life. I have now worked it in to the point where I can just, it is just something that happens every day. And I feel like the more you do that, the more you start having that godly feeling every day not just this one special day when you feel like god doesn't watch you any of the hunter 168 hours it's just this one it's always been so strange to me to go into church to come out and to like immediately commit a sin or make someone else feel bad it's the worst thing in the world you would hope to come out and be completely transformed but it doesn't always come across that way i guess i feel like the experience you have on Sunday, whether it's in church or not in church, just in general, reflects on who you are the rest of the time. I yeah. guess, like, you, you go after church, like like you're saying, I've had the same experience. Servers hate after-church Christians. They hate them, and there's a good reason for them, too. They don't tip well. They're cranky. They complain all the time. I don't know why this is, but it's held true, so you can't say it's wrong, because every server at every restaurant knows this. But, like, there's something about, just like, it's like they had to hold in all of themselves for that hour, hour and a half, and then it's just, like, spewing out now or something. I don't know, but, like, all the douche is just... The concentrated (laughs) you. Yeah, it's just the grossness that you're trying to hide. But it's kind of... It's representative of who you are all the time outside of church, how you are right after church. It's, like, concentrated you. And I I don't know. It's just... It's very disgusting to me the way that that we act on a Sunday after church. But I guess that's kind of why I brought up work is because you know for instance um i work with a person or two who i will leave unnamed in case anybody ever watches this from there but um this person clearly is a is a believer uh clearly goes to church i think she leads a sunday school group or something like that um and i come in every day they're a morning shift person and every single day there's they they conveniently leave uh, their notes from Sunday school lying around somewhere where servers can see it. Like, and it's just got a verse and whatever they're studying. 
with quotes. Um, but you can tell, like, you don't forget it every single day. One or two days, I get it, you just left your notes. She's clearly leaving them every day on quote-unquote accident. Yeah. And this same person, you know, when things get frustrating, as they do when you're a server, the real you comes out and you, st- you, you say some nasty stuff about a customer because they're, they're douchebags or whatever. Which I do too. I'm not saying that, but this like it makes me immediately asks think. For four ranches. Can you fucking believe it? And he has to have sweet tea without lemon. Hey, do you know how fast ranch comes out of that thing? It sucks. Thanks. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, oh, I'm uh, saying like, that's me. No, that that's me. Oh, as a I customer. thought you were making fun of me. No, no, Aaron, no I'm making fun of myself. Aaron is sauce man. He oh, gets I'm, all the sauce. I am like the Gross. like like. Hey, can I have the burger well done? Hey, can I have four ranches? Hey, can I have the sweet tea no lemon? Hey, can I? I'm 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 sure there have been plenty of a server that has cursed my name. Just learned today at Fazoli's that there is a church that leaves bulletins, their church bulletins, on all the tables. Even after the manager comes by and cleans all the tables, makes sure everything's done, goes into the back, comes back out, and there are suddenly bulletins over all the tables again. <laughs> it's it's so passive aggressive, like, we'll just leave your literature. Should you see it. You Gosh. know where to find us. Link. I, I don't know how. Like, oh, that that disgusts me. That's no, that's still not as bad as the the, the fake tip. Like oh the, yeah, the fake dollar. Like that. Anybody bad, legitimately but... does that with a very very few exceptions anymore. But I remember how that used to be like a thing for a hot minute. But anyway, this so this girl always leaves these. But then in some of her you know frustrated moments, she's a normal human being server who has a normal human being server. Remarks and it's like my first thought is this person that's leaving verses around like oopsie daisy is sitting here cussing this customer out. And my first thought is hypocrite, right? Not that she is. I I say worse things than her like ten days a week, but you, you see what I'm saying? It's like the the self that she shows at work or tries to like God bless you this, God bless you that. Yeah, I was at church today. I was at church today. I was at church today. It's like that's all she's ever talking about or trying to portray because she's trying to do the right thing, I guess. But it's, it comes out to be like a public prayer that Jesus warns us about, you know, like almost really Don't showy. let your left hand know what the right hand is doing sort of feel. Like, don't talk it loudly on the street corner for hypocrites. Yeah. Pray in your room quietly where no one knows because it's just for you. I will say the whole internal-external is an interesting point where she may have a wonderful internal relationship with god uh but externally not be able to uh handle the factors of the world as they come into her people who are you know stick to the letter of the law and go to church every day and pray the rosary and do all the things you're supposed to do for yourself lead that rich inner life when it comes to then extrapolating that on the world around them find it very difficult because not everyone else is like that most everyone else in the world is flawed and they, it's hard to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm holy. I'm here. Jesus is here. He's in my heart. It's great. And then I have to go out there and have no tools with which to deal with that. So how, how would you think that we should express ourselves and our faith or should we at all? Um, or but how should we do that? at work? I guess that, that's kind of what I'm trying to get down to is, is like, cause that's the conflict case right there. It's like, you are trying to lead that rich inner life, but then I'm not dissing her for having those moments of like, fuck this customer, right? Like, humanity. we all have that moment. Yeah, like, they're, they're moments of humanity. Right. Yeah. And that's just, we're all going to be there. So how do we balance that? Okay, because, so I'm on like a completely different page from you guys because you, you guys are discussing <clears throat> servers and 
um, the service industry. I work in a hospital um, where, for depending on my patient, uh, God is a much more relevant topic um, or a topic to avoid. So um, I work in a psychiatric hospital. I have people that think they hear God talking to them. Um, what I do in that, those situations, um, I wait to see if there's an opportunity presented before I interject my faith. Um, I guess part of that is, I guess I'm too empathetic and I think I don't want anybody interjecting their faith on me if that's not something I believe, so I wouldn't want to do that to someone else. But if I see that like our, um, ideals match up, that's when I'll open up to that and offer my advice. Um, so in that sense, I've worked with a lot of, um, I have schizophrenic patients, um, uh, people that hear voices. Um, sometimes they think it's God. Sometimes they think they're doing stuff for God. Um, I've had a guy, uh, cut his arm off because he said there were demons inside of it. Um, I've had, I work with a lot of suicide attempts. Sometimes God kind of pops up into those kind of conversations because it's like, oh, I tried to shoot myself in the head and a gun jammed. And it's like, okay, something a little bigger might be at work there. Um, or uh, I work in also another thing that I find is uh, there's a lot of uh, addicted people uh, in recovery. And from... What I've really seen is a lot of people that have completed a recovery program have said that, like, the faith-based recovery has been, like, the most effective one for them. Um, so, I guess, short point being, I wait to see if there's an opportunity for our, me to interject my faith. In the meantime, what I am doing at work is trying to just care for these people. Um, and that's how I practice that. I like that a lot because it's, you know, it's, that's what was kind of the whole mission of Jesus to begin with anyway, right? It was he cared for people. He healed people. He did, you know. Um, and yeah, he was preaching and teaching the whole time. He was Jesus. He had the authority and the perfection to do that. Um, but yeah, that was the main the main emphasis of what he was doing was healing people that needed healing uh, spiritually and physically. So I, yeah, I like that. I, I like the idea of just being on standby sta status of loving people. Yeah, your work is a much more immediate use of faith, I think, than what we were even discussing. I'm glad we got a different viewpoint to look at. And it's like, I, it, because I, again, I'm in the, the kind of odd man out in, that, in these situations, um, I don't have that kind of instance. But it, almost kind of at, at, on the other side of it, not necessarily because, you know, I'm one of the, I'd be one of the patients, but... You know, where people, I have met people who are devout Christians um, or, you know, um, Hasidic Jews or something like that, that are, you know, fully believe in their, in their, in their spirituality, that it never came up in the conversations. Um, it never, like, permeated who they were as a person. It was who they were as a person, but it never permeated our conversations. I mean, I, I helped... Many um, people find clothes for for church for you know nice occasions. Um, I helped actually a friend of ours find her grandfather a suit for their wedding, um, uh, which was really actually kind of a, a neat experience. 
Um, but uh, there was at one point, um, I was helping out a family, and uh, they asked me something like, uh, because it was around Christmas time, they were asking me like, well, do you have any big Christmas plans? Uh, yeah, a Christmas party with friends or something like that. I'm sure I said, oh, well, you know what you need to do? You need to see the Christmas tree. Because then you'll you'll know. I'll, I'll know what? Wait. <laughs> uh, wait, hey, have you heard of the Christmas tree? The Christmas tree bed? Is it a movie? or uh, I've heard of a Christmas tree. I know a Christmas tree. Christmas tree live. The or Living Christmas Tree. The Living tree. Christmas Tree. It's a really big show that they do every year, not just in Knoxville, but it's a tier. They call it the Living Christmas Trees because it's tier upon tier of singers all on a stage, like 20 rows of people that all make the shape of a tree. And they do songs while there's uh, plays and skits acted out in front of them. It's all very professional, lights and sound. So, so it's, it's like an orchestra type thing, almost, yeah, it's or a like bit... chorus thing. So we thought. So we thought. So we're like, oh, we need a new Christmas tradition. <laughs> my, my dear sweet mother, who every year is like, let's try this. This will be the new Christmas tradition that we do. Okay. Uh, every year we've been burned, because every year, without fail, it turns into a crucifixion. And I love Jesus. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was thinking, like, there's no angel at the top of that tree. No. There's no star on the top of that tree. There's a giant. I love Jesus. Christmas is not the time to talk about... The crucifixion. It just ain't. We got Easter for that. <laughs> and then, yeah, that's, that's definitely not the subject I was trying to get on, but I was trying to show that it's like, there there were definitely some people that were like, have you heard the good word? No, thank you. Like, and, What is it about us that makes but, it so antithetical to hearing, like, think about that. It's the good word, the good news. And we, we all, even if we are believers, is like... Yeah, mm. it's oh. condescending. It's yeah. condescending. Why? It's overbearing. Yeah. It's uh, it's almost um, oh crap. Judgy. I had a word. It's judgy, it, judgy. Uh, is there any forceful, way? Um, is aggressive. There... It's almost too aggressive. So if their intent is, do you know about this? Because I know about this, and this is really great for my life. Maybe it'd be great for you. What's the correct way to word that then? Hey, have you ever? Like, it's sort of like the the whole Jehovah's Witnesses. Do, you, know do you have a moment to talk about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? That sounds pretty messed up too, doesn't it? It's like I just said, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You would think there's a positive connotation, but what I'm saying is, I know better than you. Let me teach you about things you haven't known your entire thirty years of living. That's, you know what? That's right. Because my my job as Aaron's wife is to get him into heaven, and every time every time I say that, or every time I talk about Aaron, I know I'm right. How do you know you're right? If I don't think I'm right, what am I doing in my in my faith? If I don't believe in some part of me that I do know, even my stupid little human brain could possibly say, you know, even though I don't understand it, I'm going to believe this and follow this. I'm going to say this is right. He he does perceive it as I know more than you. Which but at the end of it, if if you got to the end and you found out you were wrong, would you have regretted it? It depends. If if me being wrong hurt him, then yes. No, I no, I'm talking about it. like then walking, just having a walk of faith at the end of it all, and you were like, there was like a guy just waiting on you, just like, nope, you're wrong, no God, and like hit you over the head. Would you've been like, darn, like, oh God. I mean, what, would you ever regretted at it at that or? point? Who cares? <laughs> if Aaron got to the end of his and God was like, here I am, would you have regretted it? I uh, see. That's Probably. the thing. I would say no because. That that meant I spent the time that I am here on Earth with her and trying to work 
on to a common goal. Okay, I was talk- I was talking about you guys separately. Yeah, I think I'd be happier if I didn't believe in God trying to be real, as if I believed all my life, and it's like, nope, there's nothing yeah. here, it's just uh, yeah, blackness. I have to say well, that. My, my point with that is, like, you don't regret your faith. No. Okay. I, because there are people that do. Um, as far as, like, some of my patients go, uh, like, waiting for those opportunities to come up to talk about God, there's also the, don't talk to me about God, God let this happen to me, and this happened to me, Angry. and this happened to me. No, oh. forget God, that. Yeah. Because they feel like the things that have happened to them mm-hmm. can only have happened by the hand of God. Like, no other like, thing could either just or make all this happen. It's either, there's too much bad stuff that, no, there's nobody protecting me from it. There is nothing. Right. So don't talk to me about that. Or they're just, why would all these awful things happen to me? Because, like, I feel like now I am in hell. So... Speaking of hell, let's transition to the next point of conversation, Aaron. Hey, wait, wait. Are you doing a transition? (laughs) (laughs) Sean, would you like to segue? No, 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 you're good. John, he's riding in on a segue. (laughs) So what's our next thing? Uh, Sorry, an interruption. (laughs) We'll we'll finish off with with, with work. Um, With, uh, I, I, truth be told, I, uh, (laughs) I, I find that some of some of the better conversations I've had about religion at work have been the the people who have the the conversation flowed that way naturally. I did I have had conversations. I had a conversation with a little Christian woman um, who was going to go uh, to church the next day to see uh, someone she hadn't seen in like twenty years. And she was so excited about it. She's buying a, a, like a, a new dress or a hat or something like that, and getting something for her husband. And and she's and we happen to talk about it, and it's like, well, I'm agnostic, but you know, I appreciate you know faith and religion. And she was like, I not believe in you. I'll pray for you, but I believe I believe you too. And she was so happy that I just was a good person, regardless of my faith. So like, I've had both of those conversations before, and and it's hard. Um, from you know being someone who's agnostic it's hard to always say yeah i'm agnostic because i either get the judgment like oh you just can't pick what side you want to be on (laughs) pointed stare i don't know why you're doing this (laughs) or like uh like if you what do you actually believe in it and it's taken me many many years um of you know of pissing him off at one point, uh, you know, making fun of religion and being almost uh, atheist and, or, you know, educating myself about everything. And it, it takes that work and you have to put that into it. So, um, so being on that other side of things, you know, like, um, I'm just happy that, you know, I can work Sundays. <laughs> I can get that extra money. <laughs> All right, before we segue. Are we um, segueing? I've been uh, watching the comments. John's not allowed to w- say the word uh, segue. Austin, thank you for watching, Austin. Austin said that oh. your point was very well uh, executed. Thank well you. Well said. So I just okay. want you to know that now it's tied one and one. These okay. guys are still zip as we go into the second topic. But we're tied. Yes, we're tied. I'm all about low expectations. Yeah, we're not going to do, I don't know if you got my subtle thing over here to Steve. We're not doing the second topic tonight. We're only doing this one. It was very subtle when he yelled at me. Yeah. Wow. So oh, we, are we not doing a thing? I really want to do a that thing. Was, that was you got to be less subtle. Can we subtle. do a thing? Because <laughs> I was not. I was not part of the thing. 
if we want to stick with our time limit that we agreed upon before. No well, two... time limits. All right, we're, we're, no, we're... no, no, no. I like time limits. Get, give me ten minutes on this one, and we'll we'll, we'll get it off. All Fair right. enough. Segway That's what she away. Said. All right. I'm proud of you. <laughs> All right. Hit me with that topic. All right. <laughs> uh, so. Work is a way to earn money and a way to spend money, uh, especially on your loved ones or people that you're trying to be. Your loved ones are dates. And uh, coming up, or rather coming, uh, or something that's around the corner, is Valentine's Day. Aren't you so excited, Stephen? Puke in my mouth. Uh, but I even, even though you are currently single, um, I wanted to kind of talk about... Ladies. <laughs> we got his phone number. Um, uh, special dates. Um, and the and the reason I'm bringing this up, and not just be like, oh, hey, what was your what what's your most favorite date? Is because a lot of times I find that people of different faiths have different ways of doing dates, and it's also different personalities of what as well. Like um, her sister and uh, our brother in law. Some of their best dates are the most intimate, small things ever. Like going and making a dinner and having and them reading books next to each other or something like that. It's like they like they both have said that it's one of their most favorite dates or their favorite date ideas, even. So I was kind of that's why I was thinking like, what's your favorite date and why? But like, um, how does it lead back into? Who you are as a person. So I can tell you just while you are thinking of your response to that, I had an interesting story about that. So as I am single now and dating around from time to time and such, I went on a date with this girl, right? And we were just getting to know each other. It was a semi-blind date type thing. We didn't know each other very well or anything beforehand. And so we just did my... I'm new to that. Like I've never dated anybody that I didn't like at least in some way, shape, or form, no before. Like, I dated somebody that was from my church. I dated somebody that I worked with, like, four times. You know, things like that. So that's <laughs> what I'm familiar with. I'm not familiar with, like, hey, want to grab a drink? And then that's it. Like, so, we, uh, my version of it was, okay, we did a daytime day because we didn't know each other. We want to make her feel safe. Did a public place kind of thing. So we went to uh, Market Square, which is kind of like the downtown area of Knoxville, if you're not familiar. And we just walked around and uh, bought her dinner in one of those places there and et cetera, et cetera. And we just started walking around. Seemed to be going really well. But as you do in first dates, you just get to know each other, right? And so the the tactic is, and it seemed to be going well doing that, was um, to just ask them about themselves, just the basic information. What do you do? What are your, like, you know, tell me about your life and this and that and the other thing, whatever. Um, and so she did the same for me and, and it came up that I used to be a youth pastor and immediately the rest of the day got freaking awkward. And that's kind of what, why I thought this was a very interesting topic was, um, she like the date was going like phenomenally. She was all grins, you know, it was seeing we were super into each other. Then that happened and we just kind of shrugged it off, whatever. And it's like, I'm, I wasn't stuck on the topic or anything. I was just answering the question and we just moved on. Okay, fine, whatever. And uh, we, we talked less in person later on. And she was just like, well, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm not a Christian person. I just got a vibe that it probably wouldn't work out immediately. Like she just shut it down, immediately shut it down. And so it was interesting to me to see how well we were connecting. And then the word, the moment, the moment, the word religion or Christianity or whatever 
or my involvement in that came up and she wasn't a religious person at all, um, or supposedly she wasn't at all or whatever that came up and she like all, all bets were off game over. Like it was going, it was clear. I was not misinterpreting this. It was going well. And so that was enough to just shut it down. So I always That's thought that was a deal breaker. It is apparently yeah. for her. So religion so, stopped I, me from having roommates. No, it's it's it goes beyond. It's it's a I small part. It was. I had made friends one year in college, and we thought we would all get a place off campus together the next year. So we started looking around. I decided to room with them. They were like the first new friends I made, um, and. Maybe a couple weeks before end of semester, I'm like, hey, did you guys find a place yet? I'd love to come check it out. And she said, you know, um, I don't think we can all move out together. I don't think you can be our roommate. And I say, well, why is that? And she says that my religion, my faith, made her think that I wouldn't be open or accepting of the lifestyle that she would live. She wanted to bring dudes home. No. Chick's home. Either which way. <laughs> either she's, which way. She's she, also neglecting the point that um, they already had the place, that she was already living with the other roommate, and that they were trying to get into having a third roommate. Right. And that the other roommate and her had been best friends for a long time, and that she actually had a really huge crush on the other roommate. And was afraid that she would somehow get in between Either them. which way, regardless of sexual orientation, we had been friends for a year at this point when she decided to say no because of your faith. Even though you've been, we've been friends this whole time, in spite of that, I use air quotes, in spite of that, now it's too weird. To me, that sounds like an excuse. I think the real thing was the jealousy part. Exactly. That's why I had to. That's why I had to bring it up every time because mm. she used it as an excuse. She used it as the crutch to say, "No, let's, we're not going to do this anymore because of all or because of your faith." It's it wasn't because of that she knew that you were faithful, you or that you uh, you had your faith, and it, and you knew that she was gay or at least bisexual. I'm way too non-confrontational to actually make any sort of stink about that, <laughs> and like. Uh, hell, uh, you you had other you had terrible roommates before then. So, well, sorry, a terrible roommate before then. Um, but Dave, you gotta be so careful. There are only so many people I knew in college. <laughs> it wasn't right. like I had a well, huge pool of people to pull. And from. we have I, thousands I, of listeners, so they could it, be anywhere. Oh my gosh, so many <laughs> listeners, so hundreds of thousands. One of my roommates counted, lost probably. my bike. Yeah, one of my roommates lost my bike. So yeah, it's the same. Yeah, we'll talk same from there. Uh, best date then. Uh, so that's the only experience I have of my religion getting in the way of a relationship so if i had to say like date that really was that intimate right way um i would say doing something outdoors uh i really get really great vibes i have really good memories of dates whether it's hikes or going to the beach or having picnics or walking around the lake something about being outdoors i get why people say i'm not gonna go to church anymore because god's all around us in nature i'm gonna go on hikes I don't like it, but I get where they're coming from when it's like, right. well, I see God in the dandelions. I'm like, yeah, God's in waterfalls. It's great. I love going to see and all the that. the butterflies and the smiles of children and all that crap. Yeah, it's right. so, yeah. It's so great. It's so great. And so bubbles off of pus <laughs> and, the, and the, the wiggles of a caterpillar. <laughs> you know what? I, I think it probably all just kind of comes down to your, and this is a much longer conversation that we shouldn't get into right now, but 
Um, I think it just has to do with how important is religion in a relationship to you and to that other person, right? So for you guys, you guys made this work, right? We did indeed. To, to a lot of people in church, you're living a lie. Like, it's not possible, right? Like, a lot. Yeah. it's a strict line for a lot of people. I I'm, always wonder, like, I, 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 in, in the 11, 12 years that we've been together, it has not happened once. Um, but I still wonder when, it, like, when I'm sitting uh, not getting to, up to go get uh, communion... Like you're a sinner, like I'm. I'm. No one has said it yet, but I'm like, I'm, I'm like, like surprised. No one has said it yet. I guess or, or like, I they're silently judging me. I won't go too far because we are at time. I will say the very quickly thing is all those comments about how you're living a lie and how you know this is gonna be really hard and you can't change him. All completely valid until you get married, and then you can't say that anymore. It has to do with if you're there to support these people and support their marriage, then you have to be there to support them. And the way to support them isn't to say, you know, it's not going to last, right? That is the worst thing you could do for a married couple. If you want them to make it work despite differences, you have to support it. Yeah. My whole thing is just give it a chance, man. Like, if, if you, when it comes to a date, right? And let's say you're going on a date for Valentine's Day, you're not already in the relationship. If you're in the relationship, then. You know, you've already figured it out. It's just, what do you want to do on the date? Like, that's all it is. But if you're dating, if you're thinking about going on a date with somebody and that you want to act like, how is my religion going to come into this? It's, it's sort of like with the work thing. You know, it, it all wraps around as, as we totally planned. Um, <laughs> is, is that it's, it's how you act. The, the way you act, as Liz said earlier, should exude in your life. And if that's acceptable to the other person, it's going to show. If it's not acceptable to the other person, they're going to let you know, apparently, right? And so the, the idea I, is... I it's going to be a deal breaker. Were you Maybe. wearing long sleeves or something? Did she not see your forearm? Oh, yeah, I was wearing long sleeves. Okay. I, it's it's like, nice, dude. Button up and all that. Oh, oh. That'd be classy. Sorry, sorry. I took her to Nama. I mean, it's... Oh, dang. Dude. Wait, wait, wait. This Nama or the one down yeah, It doesn't matter. They're both like, you're not getting out of there without a $100 tab. True. <laughs> No, you are not. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's season two, episode nine of the Talk Blindly podcast. From us to you. Before we say goodbye, uh, in about an hour and 15 minutes, Aaron and Liz will be married for three years. So. <laughs> Yay! And the applause of thousands behind the microphone. <sighs> Thank you, guys. We love you all. Uh, Happy anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> goodbye. Good night. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye. So long. Oh, God. I'll you stop it before they start again. <laughs> you do that every oh, time. Oh, no.